from like up the stairs and he's like, Pretty crazy, right? I think so. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I think I've read that. We were like, oh well the next time we come, we're gonna come with Emma and she's gonna be like four, you know, and she's gonna want to see all the time. Because of our really low. So we're at the wrong airport. Like what do you do when you're at the wrong airport? You know when it takes the picture at the top? There's this person's hand right in front of my face and I don't getting nicer and I was like, what are you doing? You're freaking out. Thank you though. <laughs> One of the kind of amazing things that I feel like I've experienced that I think is like a spiritual thing or God thing is like the bridge got shut down because there was like this massive oil tanker that like caught on fire. We were praying and, and all of a sudden like the clouds like part. Like I mean this is like weird. It was like the clouds part and we could see base camp. Welcome to Cornwall Church, to all of you assembled here in Bellingham, to those watching on the big screen in Skagit. Uh, to our friends in Boca, and to the many, many that we know are watching online, streaming at cornwallchurch.com. From Afghanistan to Germany, Germany to the Big Island, uh, we appreciate you being part of this big weekend. You know, our summer series is called Stories Worth Telling. And every one of our teaching pastors bringing a story to the forefront because Jesus is all part of that story. And we realized there was a story worth telling that was right in our midst. Our guest today grew up in Whatcom County, would play football for Ferndale, then the University of Washington, and would go on to play for the Tennessee Titans. And then just four years after playing for the Tennessee Titans, he would walk away and leave it all behind. He'll answer the question why today, plus many others. At this time, would you do a big Cornwall Church welcome to our guest, Jake Locker. You know, Jake, I was thinking as we were preparing for this service, unlike a sports interview, uh, you've had different questions uh, for all three services. Yeah, you've done a good job of helping me uh, keep myself on my toes. Uh, I actually have told you, too, that I have a hard time repeating myself. So when you ask me the same question, I feel like I have to change it. So you've been helping me out okay. a lot. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, uh, Jake, uh, as he just alluded to, when we met earlier this week, did not want to know the, the, the flow of questions or the questions. Um, and so uh, uh, Jake has said, I'm an open book. Whatever you want to know, uh, I'd love to be able to share. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk football. We're going to talk faith. But let's start out with your family. Mm -hmm. And so you've got a wonderful family. We've got a photo of them here. Tell us about the Locker family. Yeah, um, I got my wife here, Lauren. Uh, this is my daughter, Colby. She is five. Uh, this is my son, Colt. He's two. And my son, Cooper. He's four. Um, and, you know, it, it, this, this picture is one where we were on a little bit of an adventure. And um, I think that sums up our journey thus far as, uh, as a family. It's an adventure. And uh, we don't know where it's leading us, but we're excited about it. Tell us um, about you and Lauren, how you met, where you met. Uh, yeah, we met in college uh, at the University of Washington. Uh, Lauren played softball. She is the only national champion in our family. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, she's... she's so far. 
so far. So far. So far, right. yes, okay, yes, right. so far, yeah. so far. But yeah, she, uh, we met uh, a couple years into school, and uh, she's a couple years older than I am, and, and so we started dating, and um, you know, she was chasing after me, and I just had to, at some point, I, you know, <laughs> I gave into it, but um, <laughs> no, it was, uh, um, you know, I, I look back at uh, so much of the early journey uh, that we had together, and, and uh, so many of the things that we got to go through, um, uh, that, she, that she stood by my side in. I think she always knew who I really wanted to be um, and had so much grace and patience and compassion in the times that I wasn't. Mm. And uh, I think that's ultimately why we end up getting married and, and why we're happily married seven years in now. And, and you describe her as being the next best gift, aside from Jesus, for your life. Yep. And, and, and why do you say that? Um, I say that for a few reasons. Um, because I, I didn't always see our marriage that way early on, and, and I wish I would have. Um, but I, the more I begin to understand about Jesus, the more I begin to understand that his design uh, for me here on earth as I have a family is, um, um, is really special, especially in that marriage relationship. Um, you know, there's, there's very specific language that I don't think is uh, by accident um, as it talks to Jesus' relationship to the church and, and um, that, that our, our role as, as husbands is very similar in that to our wives. And, um, I think that's hard. It's challenging uh, because they know you so well. And so to really to, to commit each day to uh, lay down your life uh, for uh, the prosperity of your wife is, is challenging because we're selfish. And so um, to really learn what that meant, and, and um, I'm not perfect in it by any stretch of the imagination, but um, I can honestly say that that is my, that is my goal. Um, I do wake up every morning hoping to do that to the best of my ability mm -hmm. and thankful for the grace that my wife offers me as I don't. Awesome. Um, it's been said that we are who we are in large part because of our parents. Yep. And so tell me about um, mom and dad. Yeah, I uh, grew up uh, here, born and raised in Ferndale. Um, you know, I, I think I've been asked this question uh, a lot of times before, but I think, um, you know, so lucky to grow up in the home that I did just... Uh, um, what we get to talk about today, what, what, what the, the purpose of this conversation, I, I think um, they cultivated an environment that made it, um, that made it easier for me to accept that truth in my life uh, because I experienced it at home uh, from the time I, I could remember that I was loved and I knew it. I never had to question whether I was accepted or I was appreciated or um, that, that I was going to get a second chance. I, ne I never had to question those things because I always knew it. And... Um, was it perfect? No, it's not perfect. No home is. Um, but did I know that I was always theirs? Yeah, I did. And I think for that, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. You know, I had a father that, uh, that uh, um, had the way he stewarded uh, our father-son relationship uh, was meaningful. Helped me to know that emotion is okay. Helped me to know that uh, um, telling somebody you love them is okay. Helped me to know that uh, um, telling somebody how you really feel and being honest with them is okay. Um, and then as I get older, I think being able to, to learn more um, and, and be able to understand a little bit better, seeing how my mom uh, for so long has operated um, kind of behind the scenes, uh, but in, in, in uh, a way that's pretty cool. Your mom means a lot. Yeah. Why, 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 are, you, why are you getting emotional about mom? Yeah, I told you. <laughs> The one she was at would be hardest, so. Mm -hmm. Should we bring her up? No. Okay, all right. <laughs> Mom, I mean, your parents mean a lot, your wife means a lot, your kiddos mean a lot. 
Um, Jake, tell me about um, uh, what is what does a typical weekend look like for the Locker family? What do you guys? Oh man, uh, I don't know if there's such thing as a typical weekend. Um, it can be any number of things: going camping or um, you know doing events, doing uh, family uh, birthdays. Uh, there's. Uh, uh, I don't think there is such thing as a typical weekend for us. Um, you know, I, I think the, the typical aspect of it is we try to do as much as we can together, no matter what that is, um, that we'll do it together. We'll travel together. Um, we'll be there together um, and try and make sure that that time is focused on uh, being able to, to, to uh, be with one another. And your kids don't see you as a celebrity. Uh, no, no. I, uh, my daughter, she's she's playing. She's picking up on stuff a little bit more uh, now than than the boys are. Uh, but no, I, you know, just dad, and I'm thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the last movie you watched with your with your kids? Oh, the last movie. Uh, well, uh, my son, this one right here. Uh, he loves Ferdinand. If you guys hadn't seen it, the movie Ferdinand about the bull. Uh, <laughs> he's this huge, but you know, really powerful bull, and and uh, but he's really gentle and kind-hearted. I think he loves it for very because it's it defines and describes him very very well. Um, he's this guy is a he's a little bull, and uh, he can destroy things if he wants to. But he's really got a kind heart and this this gentle nature about him as well. So um, that's the most recent one I've watched. Okay, and what what is uh, when you're tucking your kiddos to bed? What is that like for you? Um, it's awesome. It's um, uh, I think there's there I gotta there's nights where your your patients are tested with it where you know you just want them to to listen to you and go to bed. Um, but to try and always find the reminder that uh, I don't get to do it like this forever. Mm-hmm. Um, that I won't have the opportunity to. Uh, my kids aren't always gonna ask me to lay with them in bed until they go to sleep. Um, you know, my kid's not always gonna ask me to hold their hand as you go to sleep. Those things I think um, to try and Help yourself to cherish those and not be frustrated by them at times. Um, I think that's, that's what bedtime looks like for us is, is just like the rest of life. Um, and it's as it can be chaotic and busy and, and what we deem stressful to go. No, it's, it's beautiful. Um, and, and it's only for a season, so embrace it. Jake, what would be, um, you know, as, as many of us know you as Jake the football player, what might be a, a misconception that we have about Jake Locker? Oh, that I'm tough. <laughs> Not so tough? Uh, no, no. I'm pretty soft, actually. <laughs> I'll just, I, 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 in the 9 o'clock service, you, you told this story about, I asked the last yeah, time yeah. Jake Locker. Figured you would use this one Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I said, Jake, when's the last time you cried? And you had a really quick answer. Yeah. yeah. Well, it wasn't the last time I cried, but it's a pretty memorable one for me. Okay. And, and I, people like it, so I'm all right telling it, but. So we were driving down to Seattle, um, you know, in the car, and the kids were watching Charlotte's Web. Well, I can hear the movie, but I can't see it. So we're driving, and, um, you know, we're getting close to Seattle. The movie's kind of getting close to wrapping up, and so um, it gets to the end. Well, at the end of the movie, um, you know, if if you guys have seen it, um, I can't remember the spider's name. Um, Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte's Web. Charlotte's Web. Yeah, you can tell how, how, how long ago it's been since I watched it, right? <laughs> I hadn't watched it in a while, but okay, Charlotte, thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> so Charlotte is talking to Wilbur and, and explaining um, how she, you know, she's, she's just been loving him and basically saved his life, right? She, she had saved his life, but kind of laid down her own for him. 
And she's explaining this to him. And, and I'm sobbing in the front seat. I'm driving and I'm, I have tears just rolling down my eyes. I'm like, oh my gosh. Charlotte is explaining the gospel to Wilbur and he doesn't get it. He's not catching it. He doesn't understand it yet. And it was just, it was awesome to me. I was like, oh, this is great. You know, I love it. I didn't know Charlotte Webb was, was talking about Jesus, but it is, you know. And um, it was just, it was really cool, right? And she's just pouring her heart out. And Wilbur just doesn't understand. And I so badly wanted for him to understand, but I knew he wasn't. Again, I've seen the movie before. And uh, so I'm driving. I try not to make too much noise, you know, get my wife's attention. But she looked over and she's like, Jake, are you okay? And I was like, yeah. It's like, are you, are you not listening to this? She's like, Jake, you can't even see it. I said, I know I can't see it, but I can hear it. And, oh, yeah, so she gave me a hard time for, for just crying. But she, uh, she also told me that's one of the things she loves about me. So. <laughs> okay. Uh. <laughs> so uh, you grew up in a football, would you say a football family or a sports-loving family? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, and that's what we did for fun. I, I, uh, um, that's that was what family gatherings consisted of. Um, I don't remember a family gathering where uh, me and my cousins weren't going out and playing some kind of sport, uh, anything. Anything that, that you could dream up that involved something similar to sport we were doing. Mm -hmm. So was, was there a moment or a time you remember specifically where you said, Jake, you're going to play football? Like you just knew this was going to be... No, I, I, it, it kind of always been a part of our life, and so from the time I can remember, I was playing. And uh, um, no, I never thought, it, you know, it was always just fun in the moment. So I never really, uh, I guess until, um, you know, got a chance to go play in college, and, and then um, after that, kind of realized that, oh man, um, yeah, I'm going to get a chance to keep playing if mm -hmm. I'd like to. Okay. So what was it like getting, um, when you made the decision to go to the University of Washington, what was that like? Um, it was exciting. Uh, honestly, it was the closest place to home, so <laughs> it was an easy decision. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was it was fun. It was exciting, uh, but it also kind of changed the dynamic of of the of sport for me, because um, with that transition came a lot more expectation, um, and with that expectation came a lot more pressure that I felt, um, and that was real for me. Um, going to a program that was. Uh, um, that had been so good for so long and had gone through a stretch where they were down. And I was a you know, local kid that played here and was fortunate to have success. And um, there was a lot of excitement around that. And, um, and with that came a, a lot of expectations. And, and I felt like I carried those, um, like, like it was my responsibility to fulfill them. Mm -hmm. And that, that, that began to get a little tricky for me. Like a burden. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. As you think back at your time uh, at UW, what do you, what do you miss and, and what was maybe a challenge in playing um, at the University of Washington? Um, I miss the, the guys. I miss, uh, uh, you know, the camaraderie of the locker room, um, the time after games. I miss the, the trips when you traveled. I miss the hotels. I miss uh, practice. I, I miss the time with, with those guys. Um, I think one of the coolest things for me as I reflect on uh, my opportunity to play football is, um, you know, I, I love Whatcom County. I love growing up here. I love living here now. Uh, but we're sheltered from a lot of things in a lot of ways here. And so to have the opportunity to go down and, and live in Seattle and play with guys from all over the country that, that came from very different 
backgrounds than I did and, and were raised in very different environments and to begin to grow an understanding for those people that experience life different than I have mm-hmm. and to begin to understand that um, their, how they view life and how they see life is, is seen through that lens and it's hard, it's different. And to have, it, it allowed me to grow in, in understanding and, and compassion, mm-hmm. uh, empathy towards the fact that, um, man, it, life isn't, Life isn't awesome. Not everybody grows up in a home where they, they know they're loved and cared for. Not everybody knows up, grows up in a home where they know they're going to they're gonna be fed. They never have to worry about whether they're going to eat. Mm-hmm. It's not the reality for, for all of us. And mm-hmm. so to begin to understand that, I think um, that's what I miss um, because that was cool. And that really challenged me to grow. Um, yeah. Challenge while playing? Uh, challenge while playing? Uh, <laughs> dealing with the media. <laughs> <laughs> If I'm being honest, I didn't like that. I didn't like doing it. Um, it wasn't fun. Um, I, I, you know, just being really honest, I felt in, in for, the, for the large majority that, that they were trying to get a headline every time they talked to you, and it, it was never a positive one. It was, they were always looking for a negative one. And that was hard. I didn't like that. Um, that wasn't fun. As, as we saw you, as we watched you play and watched your career, um, uh, you got a nickname, Montlake Jake. You got T-shirts that said Jake 316. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you kind of got this, this hero status about you. How did that affect you? Yeah, you know, I think of one article in, in specific. Uh, it was my first year, uh, right before my first season at UW. And, and uh, there was a Seattle paper. I can't remember which one it was. But on the front page, it had my picture and the title in big, bold letters said Our Savior. And, um, man, that was, that was hard. Um, I, I, I don't know our Savior like I do, as I said here today, I didn't at that time, but I knew enough to know kind of what uh, the connotation of that was and what that carried with it. Um, you know, that Jesus bore our, all of our stuff mm-hmm. and um, redeemed us from it. Mm-hmm. And um, man, I, as an 18-year-old kid, to think that that was the... I, I saw that as my expectation as I went to the University of Washington for their football program. And I think it drove me to work extremely hard because I didn't want to fail in that. Um, I, I didn't want to, um, I, I wanted to fulfill those expectations uh, because I felt like that was my responsibility. From the University of Washington, then you get drafted and you go off to the Tennessee Titans. And there's a picture of you uh, leaving the tunnel and uh, what, is this, what is it like coming through uh, the tunnel? For yeah, those of us that haven't uh, done that, which is all of us. <laughs> that's uh, it's a, it's a, it's an awesome experience. I think um, uh, adrenaline-wise, um, you know, it's, it's, it's something that is a part of this world, but it does create an emotion in you, right? Mm-hmm. The opportunity to go out and do something you love in front of a bunch of people that are excited to watch it. It's mm-hmm. awesome. I'm not, I can't lie about that. It's awesome. It's a blast. And, and I think the, the emotion, the excitement... Um, that gets created here. I mean, in so many ways, what's cool about it for me is I sat here and, and you know, wait for this opportunity to, to testify to um, who Jesus is in my life and who he can be in all of our lives. I was excited. I had, I had that similar excitement to like, um, but now I, I, I sit here and, and I was excited because I know that the gift that you get to share is one that's lasting. This was a temporary gift that I got to share with people. Mm-hmm. It wasn't lasting, it was fleeting. And um, it, wasn't gonna, uh, it wasn't gonna provide anybody uh, with an eternal perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it may bring joy, it may bring sorrow mm-hmm. in a short term, mm-hmm. uh, but there was a game next week mm-hmm. and it could, it could write that or it could ruin that. Mm-hmm. And 
the message that we get to talk about today doesn't. It doesn't know those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's eternal. Um, it serves you today just like it does tomorrow and just like it does 80 years from now, just like it does 1,000 years from now. And, and that's what's so cool about um, as I look at this, it was, it was exciting and it was fun, but it was towards a purpose that had a shelf life. Mm-hmm. And, and what we get to talk about today, um, that purpose doesn't have a shelf life. That purpose is everlasting. So let's pause this story then. Tell us where Jake and Jesus are in relationship at this moment as you enter your career at Tennessee. Yeah. Um, you know, I think through college and, and into my first year, um, it was like the craziest roller coaster you'd ever been on. Um, I would define it, um, being that we're kind of talking about sport anyway, it, it, you know, there's, I was, was explained to me this way once, there's fans and there's followers of Jesus, and I was very much a fan of Jesus in, in college where um, I was intrigued to the point where I'd go to church, um, I, would, I would testify to who he was to the right people um, in the convenient circumstances, uh, but not to the extent that it really changed how I lived my life. Um, not to the extent that uh, um, I would allow Jesus to challenge me and my selfish desires. And um, I think that's, that's, that's where the, the change happened for me in, in understanding what it really looks like to follow him. Um, I was on his team as long as things were going good for me. I had hope in his future as long as the hope in the present was good. And, and um, that's, not, that's not the hope that he offers us. And that's not the hope that we begin to understand as we follow him. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not dependent upon our circumstances. It's not dependent upon the here and now. Mm -hmm. That hope is never changing. And it looks just the same in our successes as it does in our deepest failures. Mm -hmm. And he's consistent. He doesn't change. And and that's that's the freedom and the truth that I begin to understand as I begin to follow him. So would you say, would it be accurate to say that the Jake um, during up to this point was, was almost living two lives. I mean, weekends and post games was one yeah. Jake. And then if it worked out, Sunday morning church Jake was someone different. Yeah, Sunday morning wasn't ever going to work. So I went during the week on, <laughs> uh, on, on Wednesday nights. Um, and, you know, it's, you can laugh about it, but the, the reality is, is um, you know, it's because a lot of Sunday mornings I woke up just hoping that I didn't do something stupid the night before and it was going to end up on the cover of the paper. Um, and so there's a lot of shame and guilt in that. And, mm. and that was, I didn't, I didn't want to be there, but I just kept putting myself there and I didn't know why. Mm. And, um, and I think that was such a big part of my journey to understand that there was this freedom that I was trying to find that the things of this world weren't fulfilling and they weren't, they weren't filling that space. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought somehow they could. Mm-hmm. Okay. Unpause this story because then God places someone in your life that becomes an integral piece of your journey. Yep. So um, tell us about this guy. Yeah, um, yeah, this, this, this uh, beautiful bald man here. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he was awesome, Matt. He was, this was his 15th year um, when he got to come to Tennessee. And, and, you know, I was excited when they brought him in because I thought, man, this guy's played 15 years. He's had an opportunity to play in a Super Bowl. Um, he's led a successful franchise. I was excited to learn about the game of football from one of the guys that, that had done it the longest and, and as well as anybody. And so I was excited about that. It was a great opportunity, right, from a career standpoint. And what I didn't know is that uh, I would learn far more about life than I would about football from, from Matt. And, man, for that, I'm eternally grateful. But, you know, he was a guy that I can look back at different people throughout my life that planted seeds in my life. Um, but for whatever reason, when, um, when this seed was planted in my life, um, 
it was in ground where I, I was ready to receive it. And, uh, um, you know, he invited, uh, him and his wife invited my wife and I to um, uh, a conference, a Christian conference after our first year. Honestly, uh, we went because we liked them. It was in Orlando, Florida, so it was going to be nice. It was at an awesome resort, and we might go to uh, Disney World and play around for a couple days. And so I was like, yeah, heck yeah, I'll go do that. Um, and, you know, go listen to a few talks and go have fun, you know. <laughs> um, what I didn't know is, you know, that uh, that weekend my wife and I would uh, get baptized together by Matt and really commit to following the Lord and, and what that really looked like, begin on that journey. Um, um, as broken as it's been for us since then, I can honestly say that since that point, it's been a genuine desire of ours to follow him and to, to learn each and every day what it means to do that um, in its truest form. Does Matt know what he means to you? Yeah, he does. Um, I think that's something that I've, I've, I've been taught throughout my life and, and confirmed in the gospel that um, uh, if you have something good to say to somebody, don't withhold good from others. Um, that it's our responsibility um, as followers of Christ to share the good that others have, have, have given us in our life and that we see in them. Because mm-hmm. uh, you don't know when, when's your last opportunity to do that. So um, I think so often in our lives we wait for these big moments to share um, who and why people are so valuable to us. Why? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't, sometimes we regret it because we don't get that opportunity before that big event. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I have. I have probably more than he wants to hear it, but just, just to uh, affirm the fact that, hey, um, you've been a big part of my story and it's really because of how you stewarded your life towards the Lord and the mm-hmm. impact and effect that that had on me. Well, and is it incredible to think that he probably was following you. He knew Jake Locker and um, did probably some research on you. You're out of college, um, but he didn't see the baggage. He just saw that Jesus loved you and he was going to love you and be with you. What does that mean to you that he saw you for how God sees you? Yeah, you know, we've had talk, we had a conversation about that actually since. Um, and and it's been, it was really good just because... Um, you know, we got to be able, be able to share honestly with one another. Um, and, you know, he, he shared with me areas where he said, you know, even in the midst of that for you, um, you know, you taught me a lot about um, what it looked like to, to really care about people and how you, how, you, how you took time to actually care and invest in people. And I learned a lot from you in that, and I didn't know that. And as, as, as I would look at him and go, man, you taught me everything, he, he, you know, he returned that, that uh, gift to me and, and some things that he was able to share with me. And so I think it was this, um, you know, that's what's so cool about finding relationship when it's centered on an eternal perspective because um, it isn't about one person or the other. It's, it's about... It's about this beautiful God that we're all following and how we're all imperfect people. Mm-hmm. And, and through him, um, it, we find beauty. Mm-hmm. And those relationships just have so much more depth mm-hmm. uh, because there's this, there's this understanding, um, this eternal understanding that, that nothing else um, provides. Mm-hmm. So then we fast forward several years and we see this headline that says that you are retiring. Mm-hmm. You shocked fans in the sports world, and um, so tell us about the decision uh, to leave what you knew, to leave what you were good at, great at, to follow what God was calling you to do. Yeah, um, man, it was, a, it was a journey, a couple, two, three years, really, um, trying to understand what that looked like. And um, I read a book recently that uh, 
talked about the, uh, you know, how we steward our priorities, really. And um, they said that so often the world will tell us that uh, we need to find the things that we're passionate about and set our priorities around them. And the author said, you know, the, the problem that I see with that biblically is that um, we're selfish by nature. So our, our passions will be self-serving and self-focused so often that if we allow our passions to determine our priorities, then we're serving ourselves more than we're serving others. And, uh, you know, he said, so, so in light of that, um, you know, he kind of sharing his own personal journey and said, you know, what if, uh, what if we began to follow the Lord and understand the priorities he had placed before us, and then we would become passionate about serving those priorities? And that made sense to me. Um, and, and that really helped me to find the journey that I, that I went on uh, four years later here now, you know, and... Um, that was the journey he had me on, was to go, hey, Jake, you're passionate. I still am passionate about football. I love the game. I coach because I still love it. Um, uh, but it was all-consuming in my life. Um, it took precedent over um, the priorities God had given me, um, the gifts God had given me, and my wife, and my children, and my relationship with him. They took a backseat to trying to chase success and, and fulfill expectation in football. Mm -hmm. And I was tired of that because it was, it was empty. And there was, um, it, no matter how hard I worked, uh, no matter how much success you had, um, it almost seemed like the more success, um, the more lost. And it was like, mm -hmm. gosh, I, f I thought this was it. I thought that the, 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 you know, the comfort, the, the security, the fortune, the fame, all those things are what you're supposed to be seeking. And it's empty, all of it. Uh, Jim Carrey famously said, man, I wish everybody could get rich and famous and realize how worthless it is. Mm. Um, and I think that's so true mm. because um, we all strive after it in different ways. But once you realize it in whatever way you do, mm -hmm. um, we realize that it's the devil's. Um, it, it, it's the, the devil has packaged that as the gift that we are to live life for. And it's so far from the truth that, that Jesus offers us, mm -hmm. the gift that he offers us that says, hey, um, this is a free gift that doesn't require you to do anything besides put your faith in me. Mm -hmm. And man, the freedom in that is awesome. And I think that's, that's, that's where I got to. <clears throat> Well, let me, let me follow up on that, because that's like rubber hits the road stuff. We're always, always facing um, decisions. God's calling me to this, but I know this. I'm comfortable here. I mean, um, you look at disciples, and they knew fishing, but Jesus said, hey, drop it, follow me. Totally. Jake, it seems like your example is supersized. I mean, you're, you're at the pinnacle of your career. You're playing for the Tennessee Titans in the NFL, and Jesus says, Jake, I got something else for you. And I don't even know I'm going to tell you what it is yet, but I want you to drop this and follow me. How, that had to be hard, right? Like, real gut check. I mean, how was that to make that decision, to say, I'm all in for Jesus, whatever that looks like? Yeah. Um, you know, and I think what, really what he's taught me in this journey and, and through that decision is that um, the American dream is to define who we are by what we do. And, um, and that's not God's design for us at all. And, and so I think what he's allowed me to learn through this journey is that... Uh, um, what he was revealing to me is um, that all he's ever cared about is who I am, never what I do. Hmm. And, and 
in our desire to accomplish, our desire to achieve, our desire to find success as the world would define it. At times, um, you know, I'll speak for myself, at times I felt like that um, directed me away from him um, and, and in subtle ways, but that led towards this huge gap. And, and I didn't want that gap anymore, and I wanted to close it. And, and what I'm realizing and learning is that um, it won't ever be found through what you do. It will always be found through who you are. And when we know whose we are, um, it gives us the clearest picture of who we are. And I'm a child of God. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that has an eternal tag tied to it that nothing of this world does. Mm-hmm. So, Jake, in, in the school of Jesus, what, what is he teaching you right now? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> Well, there's a lot to teach me, so what isn't he? But, uh, um, you know, I think uh, uh, one thing for me is, is uh, pride and, and uh, this, the destructiveness of pride. Um, I think it's a, uh, especially for um, kind of the path that my life has gone on, um, personal pride in, in a lot of things. Um, but as it, as it kind of leads to building up your own kingdom, you get busy um, for business sake so that your name can be uh, lifted up and glorified. And, and, um, and it can be seemingly good things. Uh, it can be serving. It can be giving back in your community and, your, and all these things. But if you're doing them for the purpose of building your own name, uh, you're doing them in vain uh, because you're, you're not testifying or you're not giving anything that, that actually uh, is of value to anybody else. Mm-hmm. And so I think to... Um, the challenge for me, and it continues to be, is, is um, navigating what it looks like to be faithful to the Lord and what he's called you to, mm-hmm. um, but to recognize and uh, be unashamed of the fact that everything that you're doing um, is for his glory and his mm-hmm. glory alone. And, and how do you navigate that? How do you walk that? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm learning. I don't know. Um, I don't know the full answer to that question, um, but I think as you, uh, I've found as I've genu- genuinely asked and considered and pursued the answer to that, um, he's guided my steps in it and allowed me and, and, and uh, given me opportunities. He's placed people in my life, like my wife, who are honest mm-hmm. in the best ways mm-hmm. um, to help ask the question that so many people won't, um, that help me consider that and to be reminded of that. And man, that's... Um, invaluable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake, uh, at the bottom of his email, um, has a verse. And I asked if there was anything specific in the verse that um, meant the most. And he wrote back and just said, no, the verse. So it's actually a <laughs> passage. So Jake, kind of walk us through. This is Romans 5, 1 through 11. Yep. And we likely know it now that we've seen it. What, what about this verse is so impactful to you. Yeah, um, you know, I, I, the, the Bible's a huge, it's huge text, right? And, and, and it's awesome because there's, there's an unlimited amount of, of knowledge and wisdom in there, which is so exciting. But um, I also like to, to try and, um, when you have the opportunities, you don't always have the opportunity to talk through all 66 books of the Bible with somebody. Mm-hmm. So how does it make the clearest sense to you? Well, this is how it makes, this is, this is it in its purest form to me. Um, Paul describes it in a way in, in the first 11 verses of chapter 5 of his letter to the Romans. Um, 
this is the clearest picture of the gospel uh, from my perspective. And, um, and that's why I love it, because it provides me that comfort, that reminder, and that peace uh, of who he is. And, you know, it, it talks about that we're justified, we're justified not through our effort, not through our works, not through our title. We're justified through our faith. And, and that's not, um, there, there's not a person in this room that, that can't have faith. So it's, it's not exclusive at all. Mm. This is justification that we all seek, and it's freely given through the faith that we have, um, that we have peace. Man, how many of us in today's crazy world seek peace? Peace. Peace with where I am, with what's going on, where my family is. Peace. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace. Grace. We don't understand grace fully either. I, I don't. Um, the measure of grace that he's alluding to here is still beyond my full understanding because I can't give it like he gave, gives it to me yet. I, I haven't been able to get there. Mm. I don't know if I ever will. I hope to. Mm. Uh, I don't know if I ever will. Mm. But I've realized what it is in my life and how he's given it to me, and I admire it. Um, and it's special. That, that word is far greater than um, what it used to mean to me. Mm. Um, boast. Uh, we boast about a lot of things in this world, right? A lot of these successes that don't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter. Um, it really doesn't. Mm-hmm. What are we supposed to boast in? We boast in the hope of the glory of God. Well, this hope, um, you know, I, I think we use, I use hope wrong in, in normal conversation as well. Like, oh, I hope that goes well. Well, that's a hope in an uncertain future. Mm-hmm. This hope is not an uncertain future. This hope, as I see it and read it today, is a very certain future, probably the most certain future that I know of on this earth. This is a hope that is everlasting, that is eternal, and that doesn't change with our circumstances, as I said earlier. That's a hope that um, is beyond the hope that we live our life with every day. This is a certain hope. It's just not a realized future yet. And, and at some point we will, but today we're not. But we're hopeful because we know someday, maybe tomorrow, maybe the next day, maybe 30 years from now, maybe 70 years from now, that hope is going to be realized if you have faith in who Jesus Christ is and what he did for us. And, and I think that's powerful. Man, that's awesome. That's freeing. Um, I, I get excited about that. Um, the next part um, for me is... is uh, it uh, means a lot to me just because the last few years of my career, I got hurt a lot. Um, and then uh, after I retired, it was crazy. You know, uh, maybe a month later, my mother-in-law got diagnosed with ALS and um, ended up passing away about a year and a half after that through that journey. And, and this verse uh, provided so much comfort through that. Um, as I shared with you earlier, I was a fan of his. And I think as a fan, when this, when this idea of suffering or um, this lack of prosperity enters your life as it, as it relates to God, now he's all of a sudden our enemy. He's our opponent. When suffering and tragedy hits, God's our opponent. Um, we're on his team until it's not comfortable for us, then we're going to blame him for what's going on in our lives. And, and what this began to teach me is, is um, that God is the same God in our glory as he is in our suffering. Um, that in our suffering, he knows our suffering, 
And, and his desire is that that suffering would allow us to persevere, and that perseverance would be a, a character, and that character would produce the hope that we talked about earlier. So this hope that, that it, it, it's unwavering, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's everlasting. And his, his desire for us is that, um, you know, his brother James talks about it and, and says that, uh, rejoice, my friends, every time you face trials of many kinds, because of these things. I'm creating perseverance and character, and in character there's hope. Um, There's hope for us and there's hope for other people. This is what we're called to as followers of Christ. Mm. The greatest thing that we can possess is this hope. And it's found through our sufferings, not through our successes. Mm -hmm. It's it's refined through our sufferings, not through our successes. So if you're here today and and this is a truth that's new to you, um, accepting the Lord into your life doesn't mean that you're getting rid of suffering, that you're getting rid of trials, that you're getting rid of pain, that you're getting rid of struggle. It doesn't. It may mean that you invite a little more of that into your life, to be honest with you. Um, But you have a God that's bigger than all of it. You're you're submitting your life and your will to a God that's greater and that has overcome all of those things already. That is awesome. That's the exciting part. And that's where, that's why I love this, because it really points to that. Jake, um, you should be a little more passionate, I think. It, it, it's, it's incredible to be on the sidelines of, of, of watching your life. Um, I was reminded, I think it was Pastor Randy who's mentioned you've been on this stage before, mm-hmm. um, once with Pastor Jeff, or, or Greg, yeah. uh, back in, I think, 2011, yeah. and, um, and then a couple years ago with Pastor Bob, and just to see your growth and, and the, the way Jesus is affecting your life is awe-inspiring. It's incredible. It's humbling. Um, so with that in mind, let's jump back for a moment, back to, um, you know, when you were at the University of Washington, uh, when you were at Ferndale, when, um, maybe when you were at Tennessee, when Jesus was, you were still kind of at a distance, but now you realize he was chasing, he was pursuing, you know, as we sing Reckless, uh, uh, um, uh, Reckless Love and, and him leaving the 99 and chasing after Jake relentlessly mm-hmm. and then celebrating when you finally said, I'm in. What does that mean to you that Jesus would fight so hard for Jake Locker? Um, I think that it, uh, um, it's humbling. It's humbling in, in all those areas that I touched on earlier. That, that it, it speaks to the grace um, that this God that, that so freely offers his love to us uh, embodies. And, and that to me, um, like I said, um, it's so appealing because I can't fully understand it. Um, I can't wrap my head around it because it's, it's, um, it's, it's that wild. It's that extreme. It's that radical. Um, I, you know, I'm doing this study and um, it talked about the idea of, of uh, being a Jesus freak. And it's like, you know, I, I, there was a time in my life when I never would have wanted to carry that label. Well, gosh, I sure hope that I do. Um, I sure hope that I live the rest of my life with that label, um, because that's a life well lived. Jake, I want to uh, end our time with a little one-word association. So, I'm gonna, oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'll give you the person. You one word, Jake. One word. Okay. Yeah. Your wife, Lauren. My wife, Lauren. Um, humbling. Colby. Colby. Um, Spirited. Cooper. 
Caring. Colt. Uh, gonna set the world on fire. In the best way. Okay. In the best way. I'm your, sorry, that wasn't one that's word. All right, that's all right, that's all right. Your dad. Um, consistent. Your mom. Uh, patient. Um, you've been here at Cornwall for a long time, so Pastor Bob. Um, an amazing steward. Mm. Um, your friend, Matt Hasselbeck. Faithful. And Jesus Christ. Um, worthy. Jake, final service. You get the floor. Anything that we missed? No, I just, you know, I think uh, um, it's cool to, to have the opportunity to share um, who Jesus is in my life. And, and uh, you know, we stories, a series of stories we're telling. And um, I think to be able to understand for all of us that uh, the only reason any of these stories are worth telling, mine, um, along with any of the ones that we find in Scripture, is because they all point to the one that actually, um, the one whose story is actually worth telling. And it's, it's the story of Christ and, and who he is and what he did. And I would encourage you guys that that story is not just found in the New Testament. That story is found in the Old Testament as well. It's littered throughout the Old Testament because the God of the Old Testament is the Father of Christ. And, and he embodies um, every bit of the uh, holy nature that Jesus did. And so that book is our greatest um, resource into understanding this truth on our own. And um, how we share that, we are to be equipped to share it. It's not our pastor's responsibility to always teach what the gospel is. Um, we are told to be prepared to testify to the hope that we have. And I encourage all you guys, if, if, um, if you know this truth in your life, challenge yourself to be really equipped to share that. Um, there's a lot of people in your life, you don't have to set the world on fire, you don't have to go, you know, travel long distances to share this truth. There's people in your life that don't know it. Um, love them. Love them really well. Um, show them all the things that Christ showed you, not because they deserve it, but because he loves them. Um, and then when you get the opportunity to testify to who he is in your life, be prepared for it and give an honest uh, testimony to who that is because for me, that's where my hope, my freedom, and my fulfillment is found. And I can honestly say that I don't know what the rest of my life looks like, and I'm excited about that, but I do know that it's going to be filled with hope and fulfillment and excitement uh, because he's going to be a part of it. Well, Jake, the series is called Stories Worth Telling. It's evident your story is far from over. We are grateful to be able to uh, call you a friend, a brother in Christ, and be able to share this weekend with you. Uh, Cornwall Church, can we just show some appreciation to uh, Jake and... I know we're over on time, and I, I apologize to Booth. <coughs> I, I just want to give you one piece of insight. We, we sat down this week, and, I, and he, Jake had one request uh, about this interview. He said, I want people not leaving where it's about Jake Locker, but it's about Jesus. I hope that was evident. It, it couldn't have been more clear today. We're going to close our time with prayer. And, and Jake, can I pray for you, and then you pray for the church? Yeah, that sounds great. Okay. Would you join us as we pray? 
Father God, we just um, we thank you for uh, knowing and loving us individually, for creating us uh, for big things. And God, thank you for the life of Jake Locker and um, how you, uh, you, you are not finished with him yet. It's incredible to see um, what you have done and where you've taken him and how his story uh, just radiates about your love. God, we just ask that you continue to be in the Locker family and uh, guide and direct them for whatever is next. Thanks for Jake and sharing his story so boldly uh, this weekend. Thanks for helping the Bible come alive to him so that he can be um, excited to to share that with others. God, we thank you for Jake and uh, what he means uh, to you and to us. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for today. Thank you for uh, uh, Ryan and all those who so faithfully serve um, us as our community, as our church here. Um, So much of what they do. testifies to your goodness and uh, helps us to better understand that. And I'm so appreciative of that. I just pray that uh, for everybody who came today, uh, no matter how you came, um, no matter what your understanding was, um, whether you've been following the Lord for many, many years, um, been intrigued by him, or uh, honestly been uh, uh, trying to avoid him, um, Lord, that uh, it would spark um, encouragement uh, that it would spark curiosity, um, that it would spark uh, uh, conviction, uh, the ability to see and know you for exactly who you are. And I just pray that uh, um, all those here today would have the opportunity um, to experience um, and realize the joy, uh, the fulfillment, and uh, the purpose that, that I've found in you not in my circumstances, Lord, but just merely in who you are and the hope of that eternity that you've given me. And I thank you for that. I pray these things in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you need prayer, we'll have prayer team members up front. Otherwise, have a wonderful Sunday, and we'll see you guys next weekend.